Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Beyond Sleep Training Podcast a podcast dedicated to sharing real tales of how people have managed sleep in their family outside of sleep training culture. Because sleep looks different with a baby in the house. And because every family is different, there is no one-size-fits-all approach to take. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is being recorded, the Kalkadoon people. I pay my respects to the elders of this nation and the many other nations our guests reside in from the past, present and emerging. We honour Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and the unique cultural and spiritual relationships to the land, water and seas, as well as their rich contributions to society, including the birthing and nurturing of children. All right. And welcome Back to the Beyond Sleep Training podcast. I'm your host, Carly Grubb, and I've got the wonderful Elise McMahon back with me for another episode. I think it was back in episode four. We talked to Elise and we learned a little bit about what life was like um, having a baby in Hong Kong away from your home culture and finding your feet as a parent, not really having any clue what to expect um, from having life with a baby in the house. And I think that's pretty much where we left things off, Elise. What would you say as your baby got older, how did sleep evolve in your house? Um, not in a way that people would say was a positive experience. Ah, would you say um, it's a positive experience though? Uh, I think it, I think it was, I think, um, you know, so many, so much of society and my husband and I look at at movies and shows all the time and constantly ask, where is the baby? Um, and who's looking after them? And why are they perfectly fine being handed over to a complete stranger when they lost their mum at, you know, 
all those movies that have all this trauma and then the baby's just like super chill and <laughs> perfectly fine being handed around to strangers and you think that's not how it um no. went I've me. had those thoughts too yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah so I think when we left off I had tried putting down picking up and then decided that was the end of my sleep training journey because it doesn't fit um, didn't fit my daughter, didn't make me feel comfortable. And, um, I think my internal voice screams loud enough and usually comes out on the outside as well, um, for me to listen to it. Um, because I had been so far from other people telling me what worked for them or what they were doing. And, um, I had no idea. And I was in a culture where there were so many different, voices that it sort of led me to listen to my internal one a little bit more than I think I would have if I if I was completely comfortable listening to everybody around me and they all mirrored that my same values um you know before I had a had her so I think for me we had um we worked out that she like me and it is genetic is um, probably has celiac disease so we uh stopped well, we never gave her <laughs> wheat um, because I, she didn't get it through my breast milk because I can't have it and um, we just never introduced it. Uh, and since then she has been glutened by um, some seaweed that had teriyaki sauce on it and we didn't realise it had a sauce and she yeah, definitely had a huge reaction to that. Um, mm. And she's also allergic to eggs. She breaks out in a rash and um, has a horrible night's sleep and eggs were something that I relied on heavily when my husband was away on trips um, for dinner, just whack an egg on toast and you're sorted and um, it made things horribly, horribly worse. And I wasn't listening to myself then because why would somebody be allergic to eggs? Um, and it took a really long time to eventually listen and stop giving it to her and everything got just a little bit better and then we had she had a shocking time with teeth just a lot of pain very little sleep um but then we moved houses when she was one into new, into a new apartment and our, our previous apartment had double glazed windows so the road noise was a bit less even though we were closer to the road and now we're further but the road noise is more for some reason and she developed a fear of the bedroom. Um, and so often she, if she, she, would, she would not be put to sleep in the bedroom, even though we had floor beds covering the entire surface of the floor, which is not hard to do in Hong Kong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't be put to sleep in the bedroom. It had to be out in the lounge room and then we'd carry her in. And then at one point there when she was um, getting her molars and um, her fears, her nighttime fears were at the worst, which was about 15 months. Every time she woke up, which was often, she'd have to be resettled on the couch and brought back into the room. And unbeknownst to me, I had postnatal depression at this point and I was exhausted and hubby was travelling and I was in a new part of um, the city and so I didn't have a lot of friends. But the complex we moved into had a playroom and so... I would get through the day taking her down there, taking her to the park, trying to reach out to anybody that um, I could to get me through. Um, and there was no 
way to fix anything in any sort of gentle way. And so for me, it became, I have developed this resolute understanding that at some point we would find out why she was afraid of the bedroom and at some point her teeth would come through and then it would all be okay. And I just existed on that hope for about a year, <laughs> responding to A year, whoa. <laughs> Until she had the words and understanding to say, I'm afraid of the cars. And we worked out that because the cars are so loud, when they drive past loudly and motorbikes, she thought they were going to come into the bedroom. And now that she's three and three quarters, she completely understands that cars are loud but we are 26 floors from the ground and there's no way they're going to come in the window. Even if they flew off the, the highway, they would not even be anywhere close to us. And she sleeps. <laughs> but in she needed room. to be able to get that perspective and you couldn't get the perspective until she was old enough to understand. Just developmental. It's just no, no shortcut, is there? No. And nothing I did, I've got a... Himalayan salt lamp for ambiance and we've tried white noise and we've tried fans and we've got blockout curtains and we've got all of the tricks of the trade. We turn the lights off an hour before bedtime. We had bath. We've got <laughs> There was nothing that we could have done to get her past her fear of the cars coming into the bedroom until she had the understanding that the cars were not going to come into the bedroom. Just good now, old time. Good old time. And it eventually, you know, it, it got better and worse over that time, swings and roundabouts, you know, she'd have a leap, she'd have a particularly bad patch of sleep and then all of a sudden she'd speak in long sentences or she'd tell a joke or, you know, she started obsessing about being able to write numbers just overnight at the dinner table. She just sat there and she was, I need to be able to write a four. <laughs> it's just like this intense need for her. And so I think that's why the shoulds, became a don't listen thing because for all other people that I spoke to, their kids weren't afraid of the bedroom or the way they got out over it was just to keep them in the bedroom until they found a way to fall asleep, exhausted crying. And I just couldn't do that because I knew that fear is not something you get over <laughs> by forcing them to stay. And so I just had to take her lead. And it's that trust, trust again, like she, she had her reason why she was feeling that way. And she was doing the best her little two-year-old self could do. Um, and she needed you to believe her for what she was feeling. And then when she was able to process it, she came out the other side. And do you think, like, I know for me as a parent, I've found like, you feel like you're living in a time warp and it's something that can feel like it's going on forever. And then it's over in the blink of an eye at the same time. Yeah, and and all of a sudden, it really is just this thing that happened in the past. Yeah, and it, it's a very and I woke up rested, and I said to my husband, "What happened? <laughs> I don't understand what changed." You know, gradually she would wake up less because her body was getting used to falling back asleep, tired without needing me, and went because she wasn't waking up so much. She wasn't afraid when she woke up of where she was because she wasn't actually waking up as much. And it did get better over time. And then all of a sudden she just slept. 
and now she's three years, seven point, sorry, 3.75 years old, three and three quarters. And she gets tired and she says, can we go to bed? And we go to bed and she falls asleep and we're still nursing. So she boobs to sleep. But Well done you. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) That's another thing. Like there's no way to gently stop that for her. She's not the kind of person that we can negotiate a lot, but when she needs comfort, she needs comfort. And for me, being able to provide that comfort for a very busy brain that notices a lot. She's very sensitive. She's a, a, a bit of an anxious soul because she understands a lot. She's had a bit of loss recently and the words she uses around that and how she explains it and the depth of her understanding is incredible, you know, talking to her about that. So wise. I know she's, yeah, she's a wise kid and she notices more than other people sometimes do more more than I even do sometimes she'll point out things to me that I haven't noticed and so I can tell that she when she's feeling overwhelmed she needs comfort and when she needs comfort there's one thing that just quickly and easily does the trick and so for the both of us listening to her acknowledging my limits too because if she's overwhelmed I'm generally overwhelmed and I find it difficult to calm myself so boob works for both of us this <laughs> is you know happy hormones for me happy hormones for her it gets us both into a calm and restful state and you know around about two I realized that she's talking she's running around she's not resting she's she dropped her nap at two and a half and so it was like this blissful break in the day where there was no nap time, <laughs> there was mm-hmm. time. Enforced and, rest. Yes. For and both it, of you. It's, it was beautiful and still is. And yesterday when she was exhausted after the hike and having meltdowns about things she really wouldn't normally melt down about on the way home, we got home and we quietened the apartment and she had some booby and she was off to sleep at 6 30 which is just not her just a little bit of booby magic at the end of the day yeah I think it's it's so important to acknowledge that too when they're like it's so um for me like uh, you I finished up a bit earlier with each of my babies and by the time we were done we were done um but for the time that it worked as a tool it's like a magical superpower you have up your sleeve. And I remember when they go through stages of not feeding to sleep, it was very much like that. Oh my gosh, this is so much harder work. (laughs) (laughs) It is. There's all these strategies and somehow that's become something that we're taught is almost preferred, Mm. but it's more work, you know. And I think for me, that first moment where I realized that it wasn't working for her and it wasn't working for me trying to put her in the crib and then it it stopped working at all putting her down and um so having her next to me and we've been bed sharing since and it's so easy we just get the most sleep that we get and that we can get and it works for all of us and there's no fear and there's no putting them back to bed constantly through the night. And if she needs something, I'm there. And it's just, it just works for us, especially, you know, in stressful times. We've been through two quarantines 
one in Australia and one here in a, you know, small apartment with a, you know, three-year-old trying to fill her days and acknowledge the fear that comes from from walking around and all of a sudden everyone's wearing masks for, a, you know, at the time two-and-a-half-year-old to now. Um, you know, we've gotten through all of that by connecting and discussing and if ever she's overwhelmed, she knows she has a touchstone. And so it's really been something for us that's worked. And now she's starting to say, no, thank you. you <laughs> when she's overwhelmed and, you know, having a moment and I'll say, do you want to sit down and have some boobie? And she'll say, no, thank you. I'm fine. That's <laughs> so like, great. Oh, great. <laughs> Yeah, like she's growing up. And meanwhile, mommy's heart's a little bit broken as well. <laughs> so tell me, I was actually I meant to ask, so I, you said earlier that your partner being a pilot, he's away quite often. Have you had like times when you've been away from your daughter or like can other people settle her or how has that looked as she's gotten older? Has it been you've been uh, number one? Yeah, I'm number one. And, um, you know, hubby, as I said, she's very sensitive and very aware. And so the idea that hubby can and has left for periods of time has um, sort of made it so that I've always been the constant and her preference is to always have both of us there. <laughs> Good honour. I would agree with that too. <laughs> and when he's not available, then mummy's there. Um, but you know, and I work from home, so I'm here all the time. Um, and she hadn't really left my side for a long time. And then we started school during COVID, um, kindergarten, but it's sort of part of the school system here. So, you know, I had this overwhelming feeling that she just would not survive or integrate without a horrible time. And I decided we would do it the way we've done everything and I would listen to her and acknowledge her needs and respect if she said no. And so we did that with the idea that it might take weeks or months before she could enter school to to teachers she hadn't really seen or been around before wearing masks with me unable to walk her through the doors. And it took three days. <laughs> Wow. You know, the first day she was locked into my chest, she wouldn't even bring her head off my chest to look around. The second day she looked around and engaged with her teachers, which she'd seen on online Zoom meetings before. Um, and they kept saying, oh, you know, it sort of works best if we just take them and they cry for a bit and then they settle. And I said, that's not who my daughter is. We're not going to do that. Thanks. You're good. Thanks. Yep. <laughs> fine. Yeah. And, um, so they said, look, what would it help if they if she came in when the other kids weren't here and we had like a 10-minute just play in the play in the room, in the schoolroom um, with you there? And we did that the next day. And then the day after that, she walked in happily. How yeah. great that they could be flexible though and like accept that for transition for her, she just needed to be able to have some quiet space. That's fantastic. Yeah, and we're very incredibly insanely privileged that we can afford the kind of school that does have that flexibility because mm. that doesn't exist as much in um, the public school system here. There's a lot of parents that work full-time six days a week and, you know, it's a it's a different environment. 
I've been very privileged that I can work part-time and work around my daughter's needs this whole time and my husband can go and come back and support when he needs to and, you know, we've definitely, we have and acknowledge the intense privilege we have to be able to choose a school that that can work with our needs and does have that availability um, because a lot can't and a lot, a lot of people can't work flexibly and have to work full-time hours or um, more than one job and 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 when they return to work there's not wiggle room where they can spend a week integrating you know and that's that's another privilege that we've had that we were able to take when she said no and go home and talk to her about how she felt about it and then try again another day that was we had the time to do that um but for me I think if I could go back and tell myself the me that was doing things differently and the constant questions that come up when things don't go well, <laughs> that you think, oh, God, have I done this the wrong way? Have I ruined everything? Have I <laughs> made her think that it's her choice for everything and so she will never accept, you know, mm-hmm. wiggle room for anything? All of those times where you think, oh, no, have I done it all wrong? You know, it would be lovely to be able to go back to yourself that was struggling and worried about being too attentive or too responsive or um, too gentle that actually now she's almost four and she happily asks to go to bed when she's tired and she's excited to go to school and she can say that, you know, she misses me and that she loves me but she has a good time with her friends at school and... A beautiful example of a really secure base. She's feeling, she feels safe and secure to go and explore. She knows that she's safe and that you've got her back. Well, I won't, I won't keep you for too much longer too. I'm just mindful of time for the end of the episode, but I thought I might just, I've got two quick things to finish this up if that's okay. So first of all, I've got to get your tip of the week for this week's episode. What would your tip be this time? Uh, my tip would be um, if you think your baby is trying to tell you something and you have a lot of people telling you that it couldn't possibly be that <laughs> listen to yourself listen to your instincts I think for me being able to listen to my child came from the um, development of being able to listen to myself and what my body was telling me about what her body was telling me and since you know, her being able to verbalise more, um, looking back, I can see exactly what she was going through and exactly how she was feeling. And I think so often we're told that it's just comfort and just this and shouldn't need this and should need that. But you know, you can feel it in your body when your child needs something and they're not getting it. And so often we are told to ignore those instincts because children need this and kids at this age should be able to um but I think I've come to the realization that later when they can use words usually they'll tell you that those feelings were right all along yeah we've had many of those ones too with all three of ours as they've got words it's kind of like oh yeah and that 
like the penny drops and it's something that's been going on for quite a while all suddenly makes sense because they can actually explain it to you. And so, yeah, once again, it sounds so much of this comes back to trust in the relationship and trusting the connection you have with your child and, and that bit of self-confidence to know that you can trust yourself as well. Um, but that that's a really wise, wise bit of advice. Thank you for that one. And just to finish off our episode, because it's been so fabulous having you on, I was wondering um, if you wouldn't mind sharing what your most precious memory would be from nurturing your baby. Uh, For me, I think it was that moment in hospital when the lactation consultant said, it's okay, you don't have to wake her up. You can just put her on your chest and she will wake and feed when she needs. And that was like being given permission to mother my child. And until that point, I had felt very out of sorts and like I needed permission to pick her up. I had to pick her up in a certain way and, wheel, and you know, take her over there in a certain way and sit in a certain way. And there were all these rules and she just sort of gave me permission to be a mum. I love it. And it's like it's so imprinted, obviously, for your memory of the, that time. And oh, what a fantastic way to start off motherhood, even though there was lots of tough things ahead. It's so great that you had someone right in those early days to be able to say, you can do this. Yeah. You've got it. That's brilliant. Yeah. All she needs right. from you. Yeah, that's all she needs from you. That's so good. All right, well, thank you so much for coming and sharing your wisdom, Elise, and thank you so much for being one of our fabulous volunteers. We love you very much for it. And if you aren't already a member of the group, please do come and join the Beyond Sleep Training group on Facebook. Um, you can if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet and this is the first episode you're catching please make sure you click the subscribe button we'd love to have you and um, looking forward to getting many more stories coming across your platforms soon so thank you so much Elise thank you for having me bye I really hope you enjoyed the podcast today the information we discussed was just that information only it is not specific advice If you take any action following something you've heard from our show today, it is important to make sure you get professional advice about your unique situation before you proceed, whether that advice be legal, financial, accounting, medical, or any other advice. Please reach out to me if you do have any questions or if there's a topic you'd really like us to be covering. And if you know somebody who'd really benefit from listening to our podcast, please be sure to pass our name along. Also check out our free peer support group, the Beyond Sleep Training Project and our wonderful website, www.littlesparklers.org. If you'd like even more from the show, you can join us as a patron on Patreon and you can find a link for that in our show notes. If listening is not really your jam, we also make sure we put full episode transcripts on our Little Sparklers website for you to also enjoy and fully captioned YouTube videos as well on our Little Sparklers channel. So thanks again for listening today. We really enjoy bringing this podcast to you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.